ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome in. It is the Thursday, June 7th edition. Your drive begins now right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll take your phone calls this hour. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Later on this hour, we're going to hear from Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch, the West Virginia Amateur wrapping up. And Pat Carter comes in second. Sam O'Dell comes in first, so we're going to talk to Grant about that tournament. It was pretty exciting down the stretch, so he'll give us all the details on that. Of course, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, we'll start just briefly with last night's action in the NBA Golden State 110, Cleveland 102. The Cavaliers could be swept. Game four is coming up, and the Cavaliers could be swept. That is something that I think a lot of us saw, actually. Kevin Durant led the Warriors. He had 43 points, 13 rebounds. LeBron James had 33 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds. Wasn't enough as Kevin Durant right now. I think Kevin Durant solidifying his position. He's going to be the MVP of this. If he's not the MVP, somebody's voting wrong. But we'll get into that later on. I want to talk about what's happening today in Conference USA and Marshall. First of all, we'll talk about Marshall, and then we'll go into the bigger picture here with Conference USA. So we got the schedule today. The rest of the games have been announced as far as television is concerned. And Marshall's home opener is going to be a 6:30 game. Thundering Herd will take on Eastern Kentucky. That game's going to air on ESPN+. Now, the Thundering Herd will have league play opening up against Western Kentucky on September 29th. That's going to be a 7:30 game. And that's going to air on Stadium. Now, Stadium will also pick up Marshall's October 13th game at Old Dominion. Now, Marshall's October 20th home date with Florida Atlantic, that's going to be the first of four games that are going to broadcast on Facebook. Now, you've got the Thundering Herd and, of course, the Champs, the Defending Champs of Conference USA, 2.30 p.m. contest. That's going to air on CBS Sports Network. The November 3rd road game at Southern Miss, November 17th home date with UTSA, and November 24th regular season finale at FIU will air both on Stadium and Facebook. All those games will air on Stadium and Facebook. Now, Thundering Herd is going to host Charlotte on November 10th, 2.30 p.m. We know that. That's going to be now on ESPN+. Championship game yet to be determined as far as the time that's going to air on CBS Sports Network. ESPN is scheduled to carry all six Conference USA Bowl games in which it has a guaranteed selection. And on top of that, the big news today, because, well, we were waiting for the conference to release everything, it was it was pending on this announcement. Conference USA has announced a deal. It's a multi-year deal with ESPN. Now, the deal here is that ESPN's inventory of Conference USA events is going to triple. They're going to have more than 175 events on ESPN Plus and ESPN 3 for the upcoming season. They're going to have more than 100 of those games airing on ESPN Plus. Now, if you're not familiar with ESPN Plus, it's ESPN's new uh, over-the-top platform. 
You're going to find content on ESPN Plus that you're not going to find on ESPN3 or on the main networks. So this is additional content for the sports fan, but it's not content you're going to find on the more traditional platforms. So you're going to see a nice split. Majority, of course, going to ESPN Plus, which is the subscription service, and a good deal of games are going to be found on the traditional ways. Now, here's what the release said. Building upon our previous multimedia partnership announcement with CBS Stadium and Facebook, we were committed to extending our association with ESPN. And this is Conference USA Commissioner Judy McLeod. She added, ESPN has continually positioned itself on the forefront of digital distribution and emerging platforms, which makes them an ideal fit for us as we look forward to sharing the Conference USA brand with their extensive audience for many more years. There's a lot more to be said here, but for the most part, this means that Conference USA is going to be right where it needs to be as far as digital is concerned. Conference USA's digital platforms, USA TV, I'm sure that's still going to be around in some form, but for the things that you probably care more about, that's going to be maybe a, a place where you can get some of the Olympic sports. I don't know how much content will be left around for the Conference USA TV platform, but here's what the ESPN deal gives you. Now, part of this new deal, um, ESPN will air all remaining football games, which are about 45, along with 60 regular season men's basketball games, also 28 regular season women's basketball games. ESPN also picks up first-round men's and women's basketball action, at the upcoming 2018 Conference USA Basketball Championships in Frisco, Texas. And ESPN now is the primary home of several conference championships. So for men's soccer, all six games including the championship finals. For women's soccer, all seven games including the championship finals. Volleyball, all seven games including the championship finals. Baseball, all games leading up to the championship game, which will air on CBS Sports. And softball, all games leading up to the championship game, which will air on CBS Sports. And they're also going to spotlight some additional Conference USA championships throughout the year. They're going to have special highlight shows. We're talking about cross-country, indoor and outdoor track and field, swimming and diving, golf and tennis. So, a lot of that content is going to find its way now to the digital platform. So what do you think of the deal? Did Conference USA do the right thing? Obviously, this is going to impact other schools more so than Marshall. Marshall's got three games on the platform. Game is Miami of Ohio. Not a Marshall game. It's a game at Miami. So really, that's more of a MAC deal. But the Eastern Kentucky game, that game now is going to be on ESPN+. Plus, So it's covered. And then ESPN+, Plus will have that Charlotte game. Now, part of the reason why you're probably not seeing that many ESPN+, Plus games is because Marshall being picked up by the other partners. ESPNU is a South Carolina thing because it's at South Carolina. But the NC State game grabbed up by CBS Sports Network. The Middle Tennessee game grabbed up by CBS Sports Network. Western Kentucky grabbed by Stadium. 
Old Dominion grabbed by Stadium. And then Stadium, of course, grabbing the Southern Miss game and the FIU game and picking up the UTSA game. CBS Sports Network grabbing that Florida Atlantic game wisely. That's probably going to be one of their showcase games for Conference USA. Marshall and Florida Atlantic. Marshall, Middle Tennessee is definitely going to be a showcase game for CBS Sports Network. Stadium picking up Western Kentucky, smart on their part. And, of course, NC State, CBS Sports Network wisely taking that game. More for NC State, I'm sure, but still it's an opportunity to feature Marshall and NC State on CBS Sports Network, and you take that. But overall, this is a win for Conference USA, much better than their offerings on Conference USA TV. You get ESPN's technology. You get ESPN's quality of broadcast, you hope. You get a platform that you can watch pretty much anywhere. If you have an Apple TV, you have an Amazon Fire Stick or any of the other Amazon streaming devices, you have a Roku, you have several other streaming devices that are on the market, for the most part, ESPN's there. And you can watch ESPN the way you do already if you go online and watch ESPN3. The website, the app, of course, now it's going to cost you. Getting ready to pony up about five bucks. If you want to watch Marshall and Miami on ESPN Plus, pony up about five bucks, a monthly subscription. Or you can go to one of many sports outlets in the tri state, sports bars, restaurants. I'm sure they'll be showing the game. But Miami will have you buying a package because it's going to be again on ESPN Plus. And then Pony up. If you're not going to the Eastern Kentucky game, pony up for that subscription. Same thing with Charlotte. If you're not going to the Charlotte game, pony up. For other schools, this is going to be a main outlet for them, and they're going to be spending a lot more. You can maybe get by with a one-time subscription for the first month if you want to watch that Miami game. And then the rest are home games unless you're not coming to the game, and then you're going to have to have a subscription. The good news is that's the only subscription you're going to have unless you don't have any of the cable packages. Now, and here's the other thing. We'll talk about this a lot more when we come back. ESPN Plus and ESPN 3, completely different. And there's a reason for that. And I'll tell you about it when we come back from break. We'll take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Later on, Grant Trailer joins us from the Herald-Dispatch. We're going to talk about the West Virginia Amateur that's when we come back from break. We first start with your phone calls when we continue. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget if you enjoy the show and you miss it one day, We've got a great way for you to go back and catch it. All you have to do is listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Also on Stitcher Radio, you can find us on TuneIn or wherever you get your podcast. And if you can't get the podcast by subscribing, all you have to do is go to the website, wrvc.com. So we appreciate you guys checking us out and downloading the show after the fact. So Marshall is going to benefit by having more games now on one of the ESPN platforms with the ESPN Plus. Three games. Some schools 
going to have multitudes of games. And these games are split up between ESPN Plus and ESPN3. Now, you're probably wondering what's the difference. ESPN Plus is the subscription service. If you don't have cable and you want to watch Conference USA football and sports, you pony up your subscription fee. I think it's $49.95 or something of that nature. About $5 a month. Pony up your subscription, and you can watch all these games. Now, some games are going to be on ESPN3, and you can't get that on ESPN+. Instead, you're going to have to have a cable subscription. Now, if you're a cable cutter and you don't have cable right now, which includes ESPN, and you still want to watch this stuff, you've got the multitude of these games on the service. But if you want to get the complete package, you're going to have to get this, and you're going to have to have a cable package or a streaming package, like a PlayStation View, a um, Sling TV, something like that. You'll have to get some service that lets you authenticate as well to get access to ESPN3. ESPN's smart about this. They're not creating this complete digital service, which will take away from what they're doing over the air and, of course, their other properties. Instead, they created sort of this system where if you want everything, you got to have everything. And so if I'm a UTEP fan and UTEP is playing and they've got Northern Arizona on the schedule for Saturday, September 1st, and I want to watch UTEP and I don't have a cable package, well, then I can't watch that game unless I have access to ESPN because it's on ESPN3. So I'm going to have to find some cable package if I want to watch that game. Same thing with Southern Miss, the Louisiana Monroe Southern Miss game. If you're a Southern Miss fan, you've got to watch that game. Old Dominion and Charlotte, those schools have got to have for their matchup ESPN3. Now, this ESPN Plus is going to be a supplement for those who have satellite or cable or for those who are cutting the cable completely but still want to watch the multitudes here. So the question is, what do you want? And ESPN's been pretty smart about their offerings, protecting the value of having an ESPN subscription. Now, a lot of people are trying to come down with skinny bundles, and of course, as I mentioned, the streaming options there. But right now, it looks like this is going to be your home for the majority of Conference USA action if you are a fan of this. And, of course, that goes to basketball as well. We'll see how many basketball games are going to be on the digital platforms. Um, They're going to have more than 85 regular season games available each season. And, as we mentioned, they're going to have coverage of both the first rounds, men's and women's tournaments. So if you want to watch, if Marshall's in the first round of the Conference USA tournament, you want to watch, well, you're going to have to have ESPN uh, Plus, I believe. They'll mix it up a little bit because they're combining ESPN Plus and ESPN3 for your conference championships. Men's soccer, maybe you have to have both, depending on how they structure it. But they're going to have the championship finals. They're going to have the games leading up to it. Same thing with soccer, volleyball now, baseball. Say Marshall gets into the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. You might have to have a combination of both. You might have to have an ESPN subscription, and you might have to add ESPN+. Plus. 
that's a possibility now. Same thing with softball. So how much of the content do you want is what we've got happening right now. And the Marshall schedule is still pretty solid because for the most part, other than the fact that you're going to have to pay for a subscription for ESPN+, Plus, everything else, if you're a regular sports fan, you subscribe to everything now, you have cable. If you've got the right package, you've got CBS Sports Network. And Stadium, of course, Stadium you'll have. Stadium Facebook is going to be probably a blessing for a lot of people. There are a lot of people who talked about how easy it was just to get Facebook. And if you got the Facebook app on, depending on what device you use, like your Fire TV, somebody tell me if there's a, an app for that on Roku. I'm not sure. I don't have a Roku. But you got your Fire TV, you got your Apple TV, your game systems. You got the Facebook Live app. You can watch this on your TV. You don't have to go through the hassle. Of course, a lot of you get Chromecast as well. I love Chromecast. In the beginning, I used to watch everything on my Chromecast. Not so much now. I haven't upgraded to the new Chromecast just yet, but I used to have everything through my phone just watching it on my Chromecast, just beaming over to the TV. It was, it was, it was fantastic. And, of course, these smart devices have now become more of one-stop shopping, Facebook, I can watch it on my Amazon stick. There it is. I can watch this game. So now, somehow, I can watch the, if I don't have access to Stadium and I've got access to Facebook, I can beam that FIU game over or that Southern Miss over if I need to. No problems whatsoever. Does this solve the Conference USA dilemma of getting more exposure for Conference USA? Does this solve it? I think it's a better piece of the puzzle trying to make sure that Conference USA finds more visibility. Definitely better than Conference USA TV. CUSA TV, while in theory sounded like a good idea, in execution, sometimes it felt like they could do better. Equality depended on the school. The platform... I've heard so many people complain. Again, all anecdotal, but I've heard you complain. You've told me you've had problems with getting the video feed on several games. And it just wasn't that easy to access compared to what ESPN is going to be. Download the app. That's it. Download the app. A lot of you have it already on your phone. Just click it open. There it is. Go to watch. Authenticate your credentials, and you're good to go for most of this stuff. And they're, in their mind, wisely moving a lot of this content over to the plus side because, well, they're trying to create value for that. And they're adding content as well because this isn't a blockbuster deal for ESPN in the sense that they've got exclusive rights to whatever conference you want to talk about. What they've done instead was they're going after all the underserved conferences wisely. And now they're going to build their subscriptions on the passionate fans who want to watch their product. If I'm a Western Kentucky fan and I want to watch the Hilltoppers, I'm going to have to get a subscription here. And then multiply that 
with all the Marshall fans who are going to have to have a subscription here. And multiply that by all the Old Dominion fans who are going to have to have a subscription here. And the Southern Miss, the Charlottes, everyone, everyone in Conference USA, they're going to get a core group of people who are going to have to have this, not just the home folks. We're talking about fans across the country as well. And we know Marshall fans can be a very passionate bunch, and they want to see their herd. And so you're going to have to have this package to get a lot of those games. And they're counting on that. But they're also not taking everything away from the terrestrial side. And what I mean by that is, yeah, sure, you're not going to see that many games on ESPN, but you're going to have to have ESPN if you want to see certain games that are going to be moved over to ESPN3. And that means you're still going to have to have a package unless you're okay with that or you just don't have a cable package satellite here. But, hey, here's a cool way for me to watch some of these games. I might not get everything, but it's more than I would. The price is reasonable. I'm going to do it. And if you're a cable cutter, you're pretty good shape right now because if you're a cable cutter, you can get the Miami game, ESPN Plus. You can get the Eastern Kentucky game on ESPN Plus. You will have to find a place to watch that South Carolina game. And you're going to have to find a place to watch that NC State game and the stadium game. You're going to have to, unless you have stadium that's broadcast somewhere, and then you can get that. That's going to take a little work on your part. You're going to have to put an antenna up for the stadium. Then you're going to have to find somewhere to watch the Middle Tennessee game. And I'm, I'm talking about people who are not just in Huntington. Stadium as well, over the air. So you've got that opportunity. And then you're pretty good here because Facebook is going to have four of the next five. Wrapping it up. You'll have Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, UTSA, FIU and Southern Miss available either on Facebook or ESPN+. If I'm an out-of-towner, this is pretty good. This is pretty good for me. Also, if I've got somewhere where they're actually carrying stadium, and more so cable. If you've got cable, you're good. Or if you're pretty smart and you know how to hook up an antenna, a digital antenna, you're going to be good. So you will have an option here. We'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Still to come, Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch. He's been covering the West Virginia Amateur, and he'll get us caught up on that here in a few minutes. We'll also take your phone calls until then at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Last night, NBA Finals, Game 3. Not the way that the Cavaliers would have liked it to gone. They were up big at one point, and Golden State just made that go away. Kevin Durant making his case. I don't think he needs to make any more of a case. I think he's locked it in. He's your MVP for this finals if it goes the way of Golden State. 43 points and 13 rebounds last night, an impressive feat on his part. Now, we've got an elimination game coming up tonight. 
You can listen to it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Washington Capitals could make history. They could hoist the Stanley Cup for the first time. Alex Ovechkin could be a Stanley Cup champion. That's going to take place tonight if they win on the ice in Vegas. Game 5. Now, if you remember, the Capitals split the series with Vegas in Games 1 and 2. They split that series. And then Game 3 and 4, they were able to hold home ice back for Game 5 in Vegas. If this game is a winner for Vegas, they'll have to come back to Washington for Game 6. And if Vegas can win that, they will go back to Vegas for a decisive Game 7. I'm sure the NHL would like to see at least Vegas win a couple more games just to get the TV time, honestly. NBA, it, the series is about over. There's no way I think Cleveland's going to win and push this to a five-game series. Stranger things have happened, but it's going to be a slow June, my friends. It really is. The conversation will go from the sweep, if it happens, to where LeBron James is going to go. Where is he going to go? Is it Houston? I was told today by somebody, no, it's not Houston. Okay. You're an authority. I'll take that. Is it going to be Los Angeles Lakers? That's a possibility. I'm the source on that, but it's still a possibility. It could. I don't think he stays with Cleveland. I don't think the organization can offer him anything to stay. It's not about money for LeBron. He's going to get paid. He wants legacy. He wants the legacy because we're in a day and age where we're counting rings. And he doesn't have enough to be on the on the board. Kobe's got five. So we automatically say Kobe's better than LeBron. Jordan's got six. So we automatically say Jordan's got more than you. He's better. Plus, we point out that Jordan never lost in the finals. He's got a better finals record. I think Kobe's five and two in the finals. So Kobe, still a better record. He's won more than he lost. Rings, we're all counting rings right now. And for LeBron, he's got three. He's he's missing a few. And he's been in the finals for a multitude of times and come up short. That might be his legacy there. He's the greatest of all time, but he wasn't on the greatest teams of all time or he wasn't on teams that could carry him. What about his individual contributions, though? You have to look at what he's been able to do as a player and think to yourself, as a player, he is in that conversation before being greatest. Greatest is such a fluid term, though, because we don't know. What would LeBron have done in the Jordan era? What would Jordan do in today's era? We don't know. That's why I think we're definitely not having these arguments in hockey. We're not having these arguments as much in baseball because that stuff doesn't mean as much. We're not having this argument as much in football. I mean, we can have the conversation that, okay, Tom Brady's probably the greatest quarterback of all time. You look at his accomplishments and you see that, but we're talking the quarterback position. He's been surrounded by some really good teams. He hasn't won every Super Bowl, but yet we still acknowledge him for getting there and winning the multitude that he has. 
The problem is for LeBron, he's been there a lot, and he's lost most of them. So that's where the knock is on him. But still, as an individual basketball player, he is up there with almost everybody that you can say is the greatest. You put somebody up to compare against him, and he's going to show up favorably or win. But it still comes down to where's he going, and he's the GOAT. I think um, I think Jordan probably wins the, the, the nod for me. Just because he had such an impact, he's the guy that everyone's trying to catch up to. And he was able to leave the game, come back, and then get the championship and win again. But he also had some good help and some talent surrounding him. He had better talent surrounding him than LeBron does. Because... Right now, it's LeBron versus an all-star team. The Cavaliers are nobody, nothing, anything, whatever. They're nothing without LeBron right now. And what happens to that organization when LeBron decides, thanks, I'm going to move elsewhere? What happens to them? Do they even make it to the playoffs, or do they have what it takes to get back? I don't think you're going to see another championship run from them if LeBron's back because they might not have enough gas in the tank, but they won't have anything compared to what they would have if LeBron comes back. So it's we'll see. This could be coming up LeBron's final game in a Cleveland uniform in Cleveland. Grant Trailer joins us on the other side of the break. We'll talk about the West Virginia Amateur when we continue on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm sure many of you, myself included, had your phone out or you had your Twitter app up on your desktop today keeping an eye on everything that Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch was tweeting because it was probably one of the more exciting West Virginia amateurs happening all this week, and the good news is we've got a winner. Sam O'Dell wins the amateur, defeating Pat Carter by two strokes to win his fourth amateur title. Of course, Pat Carter, a 13-time champion. Both were playing excellent golf, and Grant's now with us to tell us more about it. Was this probably one of the better amateurs that you've been a part of? Oh, absolutely, and and you know I've only been a part of a few because for so many years Dave Walsh did a terrific job of covering golf for us. But uh, you know, just excitement. A lot of people think of golf as a calming game and and uh, you know a low key game, but today was an, as intense as I've seen. And uh, what made it better is Sam O'Dell and Pat Carter are such good friends. They've known each other for a long time, uh, been friends for a long time, and to see those two going back and forth and they know each other's game so well and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, just really good play down the stretch. They didn't shoot the way they wanted to uh, either one, but uh, that, that didn't create a lack of excitement down the stretch, that's for sure. It's kind of a blessing to have such talent in this amateur on a yearly basis. And of course, we know Pat Carter's uh, history and you know Sam O'Dell, he might challenge one day for uh, all those wins as well. It's very nice to see that you've got this kind of caliber of athlete performing at this amateur, you know, but the rest of the field as well. What did you see coming from the rest of the field as far as maybe someone who could come challenge the throne one day? 
Well, you look at, and there's certainly a youth movement with uh, golf. You've got a, a bunch of youngsters. Um, names that come to mind include Huntington's Cam Rome, uh, Thomas Frazier, a young young kid from Milton named Noah Mullen, Hurricanes Brian Anania has always been in the mix. Uh, some of those guys. I mean, they, you know, there were a lot of under par scores yesterday, and then today, you know, when things get uh, get a little in the heat of the battle, uh, final day, and you're trying to make moves, there weren't any under par scores today. So, uh, a lot of fun action. Like I said, watching watching Odell and uh, and Carter go at it. Uh, so many twists and turns over that last five or six holes uh, at Old White TPC. It it really was intense, and it had all the feel of, of watching a PGA event uh, wind down as well. Speaking of that, we're going to see that real soon, of course. Um, winning the amateur, uh, Sam O'Dell gets to be a part of that, correct? Yes, uh, Sam O'Dell will be a part of the uh, 2018 Greenbrier Classic based on his win in 2017. So, uh, you know, he, he got to know Old White pretty well this week, and, and that'll certainly play into uh, his favor as, as they move forward in the next three weeks. But uh, some of the shots, I mean, you know, Sam O'Dell goes in the water on number 16, ha- has a two-stroke advantage at the time. O'Dell goes in the water and basically, uh, you know, had to scramble to save six uh, to keep things tied with Pat Carter going into the 17th. and. For a lot of golfers, myself included, when I'm out on the course, I hit into the water. I'm I'm mad, and I, you know it normally takes me three or four holes to recuperate. Sam O'Dell comes back out, bombs his next drive into the fairway, hits a 220-yard five iron into the green, 20 feet from uh, the pin to have an equal opportunity on 17. He ended up making birdie, and Pat Carter bogeyed there, and uh, the margin of victory was based off that hole. It was a two-stroke win for Sam O'Dell. Uh, of note, though, like I said, the friendship between those two. You know, the first person to hug Sam O'Dell after he tapped in for his par putt on 18 was Pat Carter, and and uh, they gave a, a big old smile and an attaboy. And and uh, Carter, after the round, said that, you know, this is Sam's time, and, and he's going to have a lot more of these before it's all said and done. So a lot of, lot of fun to see that uh, sort of that changing of the guard and, and that respect that those two have for each other. What makes these guys still the top in their game here at the amateur? Well, Sam, Sam O'Dell, um, you know, he can drive a golf ball so well, and he can putt really well as, as well. So, you know, not only is he getting the length aspect, but he's also, uh, you know, able to knock in shots and score whenever his iron play is on. And for Pat Carter, it's a little bit of a different game. Uh, you know, Carter isn't as long off the team. He's 50 years old now. He's won 13 West Virginia amateurs, so he's been there, done that. But his his precision with his iron game and his his uh, second shots, his approach shots into greens are something I've never seen before. I mean, you know, they're pro-level uh, shots. I mean, yesterday covering his round at the Meadows, this is the course that nobody has had more than four or five rounds on total. And the first six holes, he didn't have a putt outside of seven feet off his approach shot and hit every green. So uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him and and almost be jealous of, of how easily, you know, how easy he makes the game look. And you know, two different players, but both have their own dynamic and their strength, and they use it to their advantage. And really, you know, it was those two and a guy called uh, Nick uh, Besecker and uh, everybody else was really fading off the final day while those two were going strong. What do these two mean for golf in the in the state? Um, I can't imagine a day where you don't have one or the other out there. Yeah, not not only you know the state, but I'll I'll 
centralize it a little bit more to the Huntington Charleston. You know, anybody that's associated with golf uh, within uh, within that Huntington Charleston area has seen those guys around a course. They're identifiable. They're personable. Uh, a lot of young players look up to you know to Sam Odell and, and Pat Carter and want to be those guys one day because of the success that they've had in the game. And I look at a guy like Brian Anania who golfed with uh, with uh, Pat Carter and Steve Fox the first day, and obviously those are two names that have been around in golf a long time. And he's he's trying to sponge in everything that that they can teach him. But and all the same while, Carter and Fox are trying to make sure that Brian plays his game and and uh, you know putting the arm around the shoulder on good shots and and making sure that they remember that it's not a pressure pack deal. It's supposed to be fun and go out and play your game and, and enjoy the time you've got and the, the success that you've got. Grant Trailer joining us from the Herald-Dispatch, but I should uh, expand that title more. Not just the Herald-Dispatch, uh, HD Media, so that means uh, you're all over the place now. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've expanded our reach a little bit. Uh, Ryan Pritt from uh, the Charleston Gazette Mail and I sort of rode up here together and we're tag teaming this event for uh, the HD Media corporation and uh you can view some of those stories 70 percent of the state between charleston huntington logan uh let's see here williamson i mean we're we're reaching out pretty well now so uh it's a lot of fun to see growth it's a lot of fun to be able to interact with a new audience and and like i said i mean you know getting to cover sports in in your own state i mean there's there's no bigger blessing than that now you got to rush home, right, and uh, cover the uh, the Conference USA ESPN Plus announcement, right? <laughs> I'm hoping that somebody back in Huntington has been able to take advantage of that today because we've been on the course and I haven't eaten yet today. You all know I like food, so I'm about to get some dinner. But if I need to write something up, then we'll do so in the car on the way back and make sure we hit a hot spot and send the story. That sounds like my cue to let you go to go eat. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a great story today. Conference USA uh, going to have a majority of their games now on the ESPN Plus platform, and uh, that's definitely an upgrade from the CUSA TV offering. So it doesn't affect Marshall as much because Stadium, CBS Sports Network, uh, taking a majority of the herd games, but still definitely an upgrade for Conference USA to be where most sports fans are when it comes to streaming. Well, and, and one of the biggest things, uh, for that package is the fact that you know it's going to be more of a subscription-based package. Um, you you're going to be able to see you know the games that you want to see uh, if you buy the subscription. And although that that is being met with a little bit of angst from certain individuals, it also sort of narrows narrows the focus down. If that's what you're wanting to get and you're wanting to see those teams, then you'll be able to do that without having to buy. Like for example, uh, you know I buy an entire digital sports tier. And I have an overabundance of sports channels that I never use. That sort of narrows the focus a little bit. So uh, it's a changing of the guard, but it's good to see that uh, you know CUSA is getting out in front of it. They're doing some innovative things, whether it be uh, with their multimedia rights, whether it be with uh, you know the production of events for ESPN3 and ESPN Plus by some of the schools uh, themselves, and with the new scheduling for men's basketball. So. Uh, a lot of, lot of unique changes going on, but if you're going to survive in, in these times, then uh, you're going to have to adapt and you're going to have to be willing to make some, uh, make some adjustments and take some risks. So we'll see how it pans out, but I know that a lot of people are happy that ESPN is going to have an influence with USA that they didn't have before. Grant Trailer joining us from the Herald-Dispatch. Uh, thanks for all the coverage today. I've been following you on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. And uh, 
Make sure you eat something well, and uh, make sure you bill uh, Rick McCann for whatever you eat. <laughs> I'll try not to do that. Uh, we're going we're going to get some food at a place called Food and Friends in Lewisburg, then. We're going to hightail it back, and I'm going to try and spend some time with that little girl of mine before uh, she grows up too big. There you go. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, buddy. I do appreciate you doing this today. All right. Thanks, Paul. That's Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch. We appreciate him for getting us caught up on the West Virginia Amateur. And, of course, uh, we hope over the next few days to uh, talk a little bit more about Conference USA expanding into the digital platform with ESPN on their ESPN Plus service. Now, tomorrow we will not have a show. But if we do get some interviews, we will post them on the podcast page. And how do you get to that? Well, what you need to do is subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, tune in. We post the latest episode on the website. Uh, we use Anchor. You can subscribe through Anchor to get the show. And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to the show, and then if we upload something tomorrow, it's a 50-50 chance right now. I'm going to see what I can come up with because we've got baseball tomorrow afternoon that's going to take us off the air. But that doesn't mean we can't have a show, so keep your eyes open. We'll probably upload something on the podcast page, on the podcast feed for you. If we get some interviews, those are going up tomorrow. For our producer, Gabriel Sellards, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Again, thanks to Grant Trailer from the Herald-Dispatch for joining me and being as caught up on the West Virginia Amateur. We'll be back either tomorrow on the podcast or back on the air Monday. Until then, good night, everyone. station.